Welcome to the podcast. I'm Lilia Gustin, empowerment coach, light worker, womb wisdom guide, and artist. And this podcast is all things empowered lifestyle and self discovery. You'll hear from both me and amazing guests who are shining their light into the world through their unique magic, stories, wisdom, and methods to guide you deeper into your unique and fullest expression. We are empowering true autonomy and inspiring along the way. If you love what you hear, please reach out to me or leave a review. I'm so excited for you to come join us in this corner of the universe. This is the Empowering the Light podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Empowering the Light podcast. I'm super, super excited today because we have Haley Warner on, and I know Haley personally. I have uh, worked with her. I've been interacting with her. We know each other just as friends. And I was so excited for us to hop on this podcast because we're talking all about Ayurveda. And Ayurveda is truly, for me, something that I think the world needs to know more of, at least the Western world and like our society, because it's just amazing as a healing modality, just to help us like live life with smooth transitions. It's amazing. I've used it for my for my period and for my PMS. Um, but before we go into like all of the juicy things about Ayurveda, thank you, Haley, for being here with us today. Yeah, of course. I am pumped to be here to talk through all the goodness that this can offer. Yes. So, so excited. Okay. So let's, I'm going to first read off Haley's bio and then we're going to just dive into this conversation and see where it takes us. So Haley Warner, who's a holistic health coach, is a seasonal wellness guide on Lenny Lenape territory in Philly. She began learning holistic health to find the best way to take care of herself and avoid the medical industrial complex. Her mission is to empower people's agency within the healthcare system and to feel confident using everyday tools to support their well-being. The seasonal tools offered in her programs are no further than the spices in your kitchen and as close to you as your breath. The key is knowing what to choose for your unique experience. Thank you, Haley, so much for being here. What I really love about your bio, actually one of my favorite parts of this podcast is reading off people's bios because I really <laughs> love seeing what people write and how they express themselves. Um, because for anybody who's listening, the way we kind of structure this podcast is I invite people to come join us. They like fill out the day they want to come. They send me their bio and then I don't really read it until the day of. And then I'm like super excited. I'm like, <laughs> yes, let's do this. Um, but I first wanted to just acknowledge that I really love how you have the native lands like acknowledgement in your bio. I thought that was beautiful and so amazing and something I personally have never seen in a bio before. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I wanted to, to thank you for putting that in there. Yeah. I just redid, I'm in the process of like undoing and redoing, which I think, you know, um, and getting really intentional about how I put myself in the world and like how I am around the things that I'm offering. And so definitely acknowledging the land that I occupy because there's such a rich um, healing lineage that's like already been present on this land. And then also acknowledging like where Ayurveda comes from, um, which is Southeast Asia and how it's been really kind of stripped from its people and distorted and then brought over here in different ways. And like it has all of these healing lineages have such rich information to offer us. And it's important that we're like extending back as we look forward, you know, kind of messing up time a little bit so that we can like co-create a better world rather than just, you know, kind of in a colonizer way, taking the goodies and like leaving the rest behind. So it's healing in a lot of ways, even just to have an acknowledgement of where you are. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It, that's so powerful. And I've, I've loved watching and being able to really witness this journey that you're going on in your own healing practice and in your business as, as you are like, really like taking that step back and forward. And, and like you said, warping timelines so that you're taking all of Ayurveda instead of just kind of like the, the Western notion of what Ayurveda might be. Um, and I'd love for anybody who's listening on this podcast, um, for anybody who doesn't know what Ayurveda actually is, would you be willing to explain to us, like, what is Ayurveda? Like, what is it? Where did it come from? What are we even talking about today? For everyone who's hearing this word and they're like, what? 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love doing that because a lot of people don't even really know or if they have heard of Ayurveda, they think of like balance, skincare and diet. And that's usually about it. Um, But Ayurveda is actually our oldest healing um, like system in the entire world. And the foundation of Ayurveda set up our Western medical system too, actually. All the different branches of medicine are the same branches that have existed for like the longest amount of time in India and in particular like Southeast India and Asia as like a region. Um, But Ayurveda is really amazing. It's a medical system that takes into account the entire body. And we hear that a lot with holistic health, like it's a whole body approach. Um, but this truly is, <laughs> it has um, color therapy, touch therapy, aromatherapy. So the ways that I categorize it for people to kind of be able to see it a little bit easier is you've got diet and lifestyle, and then you've got five senses healing, which is all those goodies that I just mentioned. And then also stress supports like breath work and meditation practices, um, Yeah, I think that's like a good way to dip your toes into it, (laughs) seeing it as all of that. And so when we work with Ayurveda, the the reason I find it so accessible and so incredible is because like my bio says, it's no further than your kitchen and your breath. You don't have to buy anything extra. And we see that kind of warped a lot in Ayurvedic products that are available today. There's a lot of beautiful Ayurvedic products, but you don't even need any of those. (laughs) Like you really don't, Um, which is so cool to think of medicine and our health as something that already exists right here with us. And it's just knowing how to engage with it. Um, So I'm sure we'll get into this later, but Ayurveda takes in all the five elements and you start to see the world through the elements and then you start to see balance. So it's knowing what exercise thing to do for the day and for the season and for your personal balance and what to spice your eggs with that morning and you know what color to wear what scent to bring around you to promote you know focus or intention or whatever it is that you're working with um and that's like not even all of it but (laughs) that was such a great chunk though like I was listening and I was like she's making this so beautifully concise and like easy to understand I was just sitting here being like yeah I want to hear more like (laughs) Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard because it's it's so complex and it's so simple. I was actually talking yeah. with my roommate about this is that it, the more you dive into it, the more complex it can become, but you don't have to, to, to really get a lot of benefit from it. You can just start by understanding the doshas, which are these like unique combination of elements, literally earth, fire, water, <laughs> air, and space. <laughs> Um, and just start to notice like, oh, what time of day do I feel the most on, the most spacey, the most sleepy, um, and just becoming a bit more intentional about what you're doing in the day-to-day. Yes. Oh, I love that. There's so many, as soon as you were saying that, so, so what happens when we record these podcasts and I'll be listening and then like all these little things will fire in my brain and I'm like, oh, I want to ask her about this or, oh, I want to go in that direction. And then I get to it. I'm like, oh my gosh, pressure, which one do I want to start with? Um, but I want to start with just acknowledging how I love, I love how you said all these things are like near us, right? Like they're in our spice cabinet. They're just in our breath, working with our breath. And I think there's something really grounding. And I mean, there is something grounding, like most of these holistic pra- like wellness uh, practices and traditions help us ground into like our body, into our 3D reality, into health and into the earth. But what I love is, um, Uh, compared to just Western medicine, the approach of like Ayurveda and more holistic practices is how they really ground us and they ground our root chakra. Like they ground us into the earth that I feel like we're really disconnected from right now, especially like as we have technology, which is great. And like all these things that disconnect us from the earth are great and important and we need them. But, but a lot of times they do take us away from like mother earth that's here to support us and take care of us and make us feel calm and collected and grounded and balanced. And, um, just thinking about those terms like balance and grounded our society doesn't necessarily like deem those as like success (laughs) I guess in a way 
Yeah. Because like a lot of times we see success as like, be productive, get things done, like get this gain, like do this, do that. And, and whenever I think about like holistic wellness, I always think how amazing it is that it's giving us a gift of something that we didn't even know we needed until we kind of get into it, you know, cause we're not like, uh, depending on how you're raised, everyone's raised differently. But a lot of times, like our society doesn't really promote come into balance, like feel <laughs> balanced in your life and in your body. And that's one of the reasons I love uh, cyclical living is it helps me find balance um, as well as helps my clients find balance. But I think that there's something so powerful in just that idea of finding balance in the elements and finding balance in the earth. That's almost like a gift that we're re-given. It's been around for like thousands of years, but all of a sudden when we, when we dive into holistic health and Ayurveda, it's like, this is a gift that we didn't even know we really needed to like live even fuller in our life. If that makes sense. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because I have some clients, um, And it's funny how our like colonized brain shows up even as we're like decolonizing. Um, Anyway, thinking about balance, I see a lot of people who are looking to achieve balance so that they can be more productive. And it's kind of this like backwards thing (laughs) where it's like, if I'm in perfect balance and if I'm in good health, then I can do more. And it's like, well, okay, okay. I I see where you're coming from. And (laughs) like, if we find balance, then we, we see our natural ebbs and flows and it's a dynamic relationship with your body. And it's not this like static existence so that you can actually just keep doing more, (laughs) you know, it's like, you'll notice when you can do more very healthily. And then when you also need to take a break, um, and yeah, we're constantly going in and out of balance. I, I know that you're in your, your yoga training right now, right? I am. I'm so excited. I've like fallen in love with it. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. So the metaphor that I love to give people is if you've ever stood on your two feet and closed your eyes and just noticed all the tiny shifts that your feet take just to keep you on balance, like literally, that is also like our body and our relationship to the seasons and our relationship to food is like all of these constant little tiny adjustments and shifts so that we can be in balance. And that's how I like to explain it to people because you can can do that exercise, all of you listeners at home, (laughs) and just notice like how it happens. Or if you're more advanced or less advanced, whatever it is, if you're less attuned and you're just creating a relationship with your body, you can really feel it if you do it on one foot because it'll, it'll be bigger shifts. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that. And just thinking that, that analogy, which is so powerful. Like I never even thought of like, as we were having this conversation, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, that's so right. Like we have this mechanics in our body that just by standing up every day shows us how important it is to be in balance. And um, if you're not, you fall over. And just like in life, if you're not finding that balance, a lot of times you burn out or um, you cause yourself extra suffering that doesn't need to happen if you are in balance. And I would love to hear more about finding balance through your doshas and through seasonal wellness and through the Ayurvedic elements and all of that. And, but let's start with like, what are the doshas yeah. for everyone who's, who, who's maybe heard this word in the past and felt totally confused by it when they heard it. What, yeah. What are the Ayurvedic doshas? Yeah. So the doshas are combinations of elements that exist in literally everything in our world. And as we talk about like the natural world and finding balance and getting grounded, I love Ayurveda because it's non-exclusive to technology, to modern science, to like, it it literally includes everything (laughs) in the world. Um, So anyway, the doshas are Pitta, Vata, and Kapha. So Pitta is a combination of fire and water. This is the like go-getting entrepreneurial like energy. This is in our foods, like spicier foods, fermented foods, acidic foods. Um, Some of the qualities for Pitta are like sharp, oily, spreading. Um, It's often like our high emotions and our hormones. Um, So that's Pitta. I like to give a lot of examples so you can see how it shows up in a lot of places. Um, Vata is air and space element together. This is, um, I love to describe it. I created these archetypes for it. So Pitta is the like 
you know, CEO, power, red business suit woman. <laughs> Vata is the like spacey, airy, artistic friend who's like fluttering around the party, talking to lots of different people, constantly in the middle of like 20 different projects and just like highly creative. Um, but Vata is also like our nervous system. It's raw foods, things that are crunchy that have like literal air and space in them. Um, it's cold, it's light, it's erratic, it can be chaotic. Um, a lot of our like mental illnesses are usually attributed to a little bit of a vata imbalance. And so it has to do with our, our mental health. Um, and then we have kapha and kapha is like the elderly, like larger grandmother figure that is like the best listener and you can just like rest into her. <laughs> um, Kapha is earth and water element. So it looks a little bit like mud. It, it's the energy of um, cohesion. It's our groundedness. Um, it's taking a nap. <laughs> it's uh, like a hot cup of tea, um, root vegetables like potatoes and beets. Um, it's in winter, um, whereas Vata is autumn where it's windy. It's the energy of movement and Pitta is summer, obviously. <laughs> And it's like um, transformation is is pitta. But anyway, back to kapha. Like, what else could I say about it? it? Oh, some of the words, just like adjectives around it to create a picture are dense, cold, wet, slimy, viscous. <laughs> um, and all of these doshas um, connect to different organ systems. And so when we're looking at diagnosis and we're looking at using them to help us understand our personal body's balance, we can look at what organs are being affected. Um, what is your lifestyle like? What season are we in? How old are you? All of these will give me clues into what, what's your dosha at right now. Um, so our doshic balance changes all of the time, but when we're born, we're born with a dosha, which is like our ideal state. And so for me, I'm pitta kapha. So in my ideal state, I have the most amount of fire <laughs> and then water and then earth and then air and space. Um, and then other people are different in terms of which one they have the most of. And then when we go in and out of balance, the levels of those different elements change. And that's what I'm looking at when I'm looking at like what organ systems are affected, what season are we in, all of that kind of stuff. And so we're trying to return to our unique state of balance, which is a little bit different than like everybody else's. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's, that's the briefest overview I can do of the doshas. I love it. I love it. That was perfect. I know just from kind of experiencing and living in mine and also from Haley telling me um, <laughs> that I am Vata Pitta and that is so real in my life. Like I have no kapha energy. Like I've never had kapha energy and it's a problem because I'm very bad at grounding and I'm very in my head. I'm very creative. I'm very, I'm juggling lots of things. I can have that fiery go getting energy, but when it comes to like grounding into the earth and like being chill that is not my natural <laughs> that does not come naturally <laughs> and that's had to be something that I really have had to work on especially like grounding into my root chakra and like healing all of that but the ironic thing is I guess it's not very ironic I guess this, this happens very often is my partner is super super kapha and it's <laughs> great because he like will balance me out like he's got our grounded energy down and I've got like our let's be chaotic and like have all these ideas flying around with like talking and expression and like feelings and all these things. And it's great because it ends up balancing each other out. But um, I just think it's so interesting that like once we start seeing our dosha, we start kind of seeing it everywhere in our life. Like it, things just start to click. And this, this happens with any kind of self-discovery tool, whether it's dosha, human design, cyclical mm -hmm. living, like all these things. It's just like life makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Which I love. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love this tool. I, I call it like the Ayurvedic lens because once you like put on those lenses and you can see the world through the doshas, then you have an empowered choice about what you want to bring into your life, what's going to help you feel better. You start to balance before it becomes like a you know huge teeter-totter scale. 
And so this is this is where the magic happens because then you are able to avoid like long-term sicknesses or like a more intense ailment or or you know life imbalance even if it doesn't manifest physically in your body like getting round really out of balance doesn't happen so much because you're making those tiny little foot you know adjustments to keep you on balance as you kind of ebb and flow with what's happening in your life um, but yeah, that's what gets really exciting is you're like, oh, this new product came out. Well, I'm Pitta Kapha. How will this interact with me? Oh, it's activated charcoal. Activated is a little bit fiery. It's a little bit more, you know, intense, but charcoal's an earth element. So, okay, maybe I'll stay away from that one as a Pitta Kapha because it's going to be a little too much <laughs> for my system. But then, yeah, it's not like a million things that are so overwhelming. It's like, oh, I can put on my Ayurvedic lenses and look at all these things and then decide what I want to work with. I love that. It, it gives you back that autonomy over mm -hmm. your health and how you go about each day. And um, and I'd love to get into just a bit, like before we get into like seasonal wellness, which kind of goes into this topic of what we're about to go into, but I'd love to get your approach on preventative wellness, because I think that this is something that, especially when we start looking at holistic health is very present in these practices. It's present in cyclical living. Like that's one of the beauty beauties of working with your cycles. It helps you prevent like burnout. It helps you prevent greater illnesses that come from pushing yourself past your limits. Um, but when we start looking at like Ayurveda and all these different, different practices, preventative medicine is really this like kind of underlying key because it helps you stay in balance. It helps you take autonomy over your health every single day, instead of it being more like Western culture or Western medicine, where you go in for like one symptom and they treat that one symptom and then hope <laughs> that it, things don't blow up beyond, beyond that. But I'd love to get your approach on preventative medicine. Um, and uh, and how Ayurvedic, Ayurveda one kind of flows into it and just like the benefits of having that autonomy over your health instead of waiting till something gets way bigger in your system. Yeah. For me, seasonal wellness and preventative mm -hmm. wellness are synonymous. So they're like, they're one in the same. I was like listening to the question being like, I don't think I understand. I was like, oh, I have to explain like these things are the same. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. Keep going. Yeah. I love that. So a lot of people, um, yeah, okay. So it kind of goes back to our colonized brain a little bit where we're very used to allopathic approaches. Like, you know, I have a headache, let me get peppermint. I, you know, we even we use our holistic medicines as this like X equals Y, Y equals Z type of thing. And so when you start to step into a seasonal wellness approach or an Ayurvedic approach, everything is preventative, but you're not thinking about it like that. Because if you're thinking about, oh, I'm doing this to prevent the illness later, it's a little bit negative. It's like a chore maybe, you know, like, oh, I have to do all these things so that I don't get sick rather than I'm doing all these things because they help me feel great, <laughs> you Ooh, know? I love Which that reframe. Which will like allow you not to get sick right um and so i think i think it's more about just shifting how we even think about preventative medicine or why are we using the word preventative it's like the assumption that we're always gonna be sick or we're prone to being sick and it's actually just like oh no i'm making empowered choices so that i feel good and then if sickness comes you know i i have this beautiful foundation to hold me because it's not like you'll never get sick, but the more that you work with the seasons, work with the elements in your body, work with your cycle, the stronger a foundation you have for when sickness comes. Um, so yeah, I think it's about just like throwing out the language and like completely it. changing the, the way that you're seeing health. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that reframe from from that term preventative medicine to just like, what, how can I do this to make me feel good? Like, how can I do this to actually like enjoy life in this body and feel good as I'm experiencing yeah. it? It's like, yes. rather than always thinking about what could happen or the negative or, mm -hmm. um, oh man, I had a much better word in my head and I totally forgot it. Yeah. It, yeah. It's looking at it from like a different theme of consciousness, like a different lens on life instead of uh, yeah. constantly like looking for what's going to be wrong. It's constantly looking for like what is actually right. Like what can we celebrate? Yeah. Like how can we 
like bring more more like love and energy into it versus yeah. like fear energy or, yeah yeah I think fear is the word I was gonna look for it's not a fear-based lens you know um yeah 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 <laughs> I love that and just hearing that I, I love language is so amazing language is so mm -hmm. powerful um, and the words we get to use are so powerful because they how we use words and how we describe things is um directly related to like our lens or our theme of consciousness of how we're seeing things and and fear what i loved about you bringing up this topic of like preventative medicine like let's kind of just like throw that term out out the window and bring in a term that actually encompasses something that's like feels better is that like fear is a very dense energy when we're in it mm -hmm. um it's like one of the lower themes of consciousness. It's a really dense vibration in our body. But then when we get up to like acceptance and willingness and liberation and love and like all these different things, that vibration gets lighter and like we feel better and we feel happier in our body. So I love just like as we're approaching holistic um, medicine from the lens of Ayurveda in this podcast episode, I love that shift, that, that shift. It's almost into like a holistic shift. Like let's feel yeah. good instead of let's like look for, for fear around us. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's tricky, right? Cause I, I still use the word preventative medicine because it's more accessible. Like mm -hmm. people understand what that means easier. And then once they start to step into it, then we can start to like do that work and shift it and like move up the ladder of, yeah. <laughs> you know, emotions. Um, but yeah, it's just so interesting how that that term came about to land on holistic practices because it came out of like a western system to then explain what these other systems are doing instead um when really like ayurveda had a surgery branch to it like when i mean like ayurveda set up our western medical system in terms of the branches like it really did like there's ear nose and throat there's surgery there's birth it's not just preventative and so um, it all works together. Like it understands that we are going to go out of balance. And sometimes you do need these like drastic measures, but there's ways to do that. And there's ways to continue like holding your foundation and holding you as a whole human inside of all of those things. And it doesn't have to be separate. It doesn't have to be like, oh, you're doing preventative and then you're sick and then you do allopathic and then you go back to preventative. And it's like, no, actually like they're, they're the same, like they can work together. <laughs> yes. I love it. They're like two sides of the same coin. Like we can't, we need both. Yeah. Like they both yeah. complement and they both work together. I love that. I actually didn't know that Ayurveda had a surgic, like a surgical yeah. like aspect to it. Is it still like practiced like Ayurveda style mm -hmm. surgery? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not amazing. in the States because it's not um, recognized. Let's, you know, again, kind of that preventative medicine puts it into a corner, but no one puts baby in the corner <laughs> in Bombay. The, my teacher was a doctor at the Bombay hospital and they have Ayurvedic surgery. There's an Ayurvedic hospital there. Oh, that's amazing. So in India, there's, there's both. They have like Western hospitals and they have Ayurvedic hospitals and you can choose um, where you want to go. I love that. That gives you even more autonomy over how you want to approach your health too. I love that they have those yeah. options that are more accessible. Um, and like you said, don't, aren't like pinning certain practices in a corner that like, yeah, I feel like we do do that a lot. Like I do, I do want to mention that like, mm -hmm. even though they have both still because of colonization in India, Ayurveda was actually like illegal to practice in the land that it was developed because of colonizers because of white people <laughs> and so the generations of trauma that come from that Ayurveda isn't um even in India really looked at with the amount of respect that it should because of how time has um shifted the the ideas around it and that's why that's actually why a lot of people came to the states to continue teaching it but then the states, because we were also set up in a Western system, kind of pick and chose the pieces that it wanted to have, which was like anti-aging practices, which is hilarious to me, and um, and diet, which is why now when people think about it, those are the top things that tend to come up is like skincare, anti-aging, and also like foods. Um, so we can really see like even in just the language of preventative medicine, that's how we got here, like how this all trickles back to um, how this medicine has been treated over the years. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. I think it's, it's so important. First off, I love, I love that this is where our conversation went. Cause I think that it, it's so important as, as we approach these holistic practices, like there's something to the idea of just like, just like doing like a pra- like just going to someone and doing the practice and then also like fully understanding its history and fully understanding like its its scope and its capacity beyond the belief systems that we hold in our current society. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's amazing. I, I love that you mentioned that. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. part of going like back and forward because if we want to shift our mentality around holistic health out of fear into like you know, a more light aware state, you have to be aware of all the pieces of it. And so it just assists everybody in like moving forward (laughs) into a better world and into a better system. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. Okay. So, so from there, how then knowing that like kind of our Western perspective and colonization perspective has kind of pigeonholed Ayurveda, I'd love to learn your approach of how, how you approach Ayurveda with your clients from a seasonal wellness perspective. Yeah. So, um, I do the whole aspects of it aside from like one-on-one services. So what I mean by that is, I'm a counselor that will teach you (laughs) about how to see the doshas in your life, how to discover your dosha, work with your balance. And we go through five senses, healing, stress supports, diet and routine. And then if you need something a little bit more, um, more intense, like a, like a service, I'm not languaging this very well. If you need to go and have someone perform a service with you, then I'll refer you out to someone who does like Basti or Panchakarma or these different things that there's like one that uses um, dough and oil on the skin. There's one that uses oil across the forehead. There's like a colon cleanse that's like invasive a little bit, but like really pulls it all out. If you need something more intense, I'm not your gal, (laughs) but I got you. I know where you can go. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So the way I approach it is you empowering yourself, you stepping into your agency. Agency is one of my like core values. And so it's giving you the information for you to be able to do that. Um, And so I really like to focus on the seasons, especially in like group courses, because the seasons hold the different doshas. So we go from pitta to vata, to vata kapha, to kapha, to pitta kapha, back to pitta. So like it has this beautiful cycle. Um, And you're able to feel into each one very clearly with the seasons. So I find um, taking a seasonal lens allows you to root into the land that you're on a little bit more. And so I'm in Philly, so I have all four seasons, but I've got clients in California that can still feel into this um, energy shift that happens. Um, And it, it gives you like a really clear way to experience all the doshas. Um, so since my focus is building that lens for you, so you can step into your agency and see it in a lot of other ways, the seasons are such a beautiful way to do that. Um, so yeah, that's my focus. And then we go through all the pieces of Ayurveda, the five sense healing, stress supports, diet and routine for every season. Cause there's little shifts that happen that allow you to like move with it rather than be affected by it. And it's so similar to how you talk about like cyclical living with your period too. Like instead of just doing the same thing the whole month and then being thrown in the premenstrual phase and then like way too agitated in the summer phase, it's literally, it's so, so similar to like the literal seasons and how you can balance for that instead of having the same seven meals that you rotate the whole year you actually shift your spicing intentionally because that's like your medicine. You shift the foods that you eat, you shift how you set up your work day, like so that you can actually feel in and thrive in every season rather than getting irritated and angry in summer, getting depressed and like, you know, lonely in winter. (laughs) Um, But you can actually like enjoy what those seasons have to offer. I love that. I love that. And, and coming from like a cyclical living background from like menstrual cycle and moon cycles, I love that how you brought that up, how similar they are. I was listening to this and I was just thinking in my head, I was like, I'm so great at transitioning like in my inner seasons, but when it comes to like actual physical seasons, I have such a difficult time in winter. Um, 
I don't like the cold. <laughs> As a Vata person, I understand that you would not like the cold. <laughs> not at all. And it is so interesting because my my partner loves cold, but again, like mm-hmm. he's different doshas than me, but he loves cold. He loves like KV type spaces and to just be like warm and cozy and sweatshirts. And I'm like, get me into the heat. I want to sweat. <laughs> like I'm okay with being uncomfortable in that way. Um, but I would love to hear your perspective, like as we're shifting into uh, winter, at least in the Northern hemisphere, um, different ways that we can start balancing that seasonal transition from fall to winter um, and how to make that transition a little bit smoother. Cause I know, I know a lot of people who, who kind of have the, like you were saying that, that seasonal depression that comes in with winter and um, yeah, I'm just gonna keep ranting yeah. if I keep going. So I'm gonna pass it over to you. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Totally. This is like the hardest season for a lot of people because it's the darkest days that we have. And so in seasonal living, the idea is actually, I was just talking to a client about this and it like clicked in a way that I really liked where what the protocols we do for each season help set us up for the next one. And so we actually have to like rewind a little bit and look at autumn. And so autumn's the Vata season, which is the air and space. And in this season, it's really important that we eat like very warm and mushy, easy to digest foods because we know that winter's coming and we have less sun. And the sun, if you are familiar with the chakras is related to the solar plexus, which is where the stomach is. So Ayurveda also set up the chakra system for us, which most people don't know either. Um, But sun, fire, pitta, stomach, all of it's related. And so when we have very little sunlight outside, our stomach is also a little bit less intense or less, um, less fun. It's not that it's not functioning. It's just like hibernating a little bit. So we give it a good break through autumn with this warm and mushy foods like squash and soups and things like that. And we start to add in a little bit more warming spices to help feed that fire for our stomach so that when we get into winter, we have a really good digestion ready for less sunlight in the season and in our body. Um, And then as we come into winter, summer and autumn, we are like resting a little bit because the season is so intense. And so if we're in good balance, we'll naturally like do a lot of activities, but then we're also balancing for it. So we're making sure we get good rest time and like, we're not doing high cardio in the middle of the day or anything. So then when we come into winter and it's darker out and we start to feel more sleepy, that's when we bring in the cardio. That's when we bring in like higher intensity things all to help create our inner fire. So you can think of it in a really beautiful kind of picturesque way where like, since the world is a little bit darker, we need to be brighter. (laughs) So we get to be like our own sunshine. (laughs) And so we do a lot of these like high pitta activities. Like, you know, if you like to run, if you do Peloton, if you like dancing, but like making sure that you sweat and you're building up heat in your body to keep your health through the winter time. Um, So those are just a few things that you can think of, um, doing more cardio, doing more intense workout. And um, in terms of foods, like this is when we have root veggies. And so working with potatoes, beets, squash, all of those types of foods, and really making sure you stay hydrated too, especially right now. Um, Winter is split into like two seasons. So this is early winter. This is recorded on December 11th. (laughs) So early winter goes until about the end of January and then it shifts into the late winter season. So early winter still has some of that Vata energy. It's very like dry and cold, which we can really feel today. Um, And if you like notice your skin in this time, a lot of times we have like more flaky skin or dry skin um, because it's it's a Vata Kapha time. It's still very dry and cold. Um, So making sure you have a lot of liquids. Um, And I know some of this sounds, it's funny. I love talking about summer protocols because they're so different than what people think. But winter protocols, I feel are like the classic healthy way. Like make sure you exercise, make sure you're drinking water, make sure you get up early. But like 
you have to look at all the seasons to see why that's important in this season and why you wouldn't do that in summer, you know? So anyway, <laughs> just a little tangent there. If anyone's like, oh, I know all these things. It's like, you have to see it in the full spectrum to understand why it's so important now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that makes so much sense. As soon as you, cause like my natural instinct in the winter is to hibernate, to go mm -hmm. sleep like a lot <laughs> and yeah. to really slow down. But I love how you brought in that aspect of this is actually the time to balance that and to create that inner fire and that inner heat. And now I'm like, I want to go do a, a cardio, <laughs> like yoga class now, <laughs> just yeah. thinking about all of that. Um, and I'm also like in my own cycle, I'm like in my inner spring. So it, it all works out perfectly. It all works together. It all works together. So nice. But I love that. And I think that that was like, uh, just hearing that just now, like how you were saying, a lot of people might be thinking like, oh, this is what we're told to do regularly. I actually, I didn't feel that listening to it. I was like, oh, this makes so much sense in relation to the season. Like get that heat going. Like, yes, do those root vegetables. So I loved it. I think it, it made total sense, especially as you look at it from this holistic approach of like, what is the earth doing around us and how can we balance yeah. that? It's all in the framing, yeah. you know? If, if I just told you, make sure you drink a lot of water, make sure you do cardio for 20 minutes a day, you know, it wouldn't sit in the same way as if you understand why. And so that, you know, that's also why I set up the programs the way I do. I do like little case studies for people to like answer back to me so that they're really embodying the information and they're understanding all of the framing because there's so many holistic health protocols, but if you know the why, then you can answer it for anything. It's not like you're just given this um, protocol and, and you don't understand, you know, it's like, oh, I'm choosing this <laughs> back to the agency. Like I'm choosing this because I understand what's happening in the world and in my body. I love that. I love that. I feel like that's so important. And, and like on that, on that idea of agency and, and on that idea of choosing Ayurveda, is, and I know, I think we've had this conversation just like both of us together at some point in the past, how Ayurveda is so helpful. Like when you start coming into it, not just from like a very generalized sense, but like from the perspective of, okay, what do you uniquely need to find that balance? And like, what tools do you need? Um, and I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Cause, um, and like why it's so great working with someone who knows what they're talking about to be able to guide you and your unique dosha consti constitution through this and all of that. Yeah, totally. So Oh, it's kind of a big topic because there's, there's so many protocols. There's so many directions you can go when you look at holistic health because of all the information out there. And if you're at home and you're like Googling, or if you have a lot of tools that you've learned from different trainings, it's really important for it to be the most effective if you know, like exactly what you need to do. And so I feel like because it's not standardized, which I'm kind of glad it's not, um, it makes it a lot more difficult to find what works best for you. And you can get into a cycle of trial and error, trial and error, trial and error, and then you kind of burn out. Um, or you just like are a Vata person and you get excited about the new fun thing and you try it for like two days and then you shift and then you shift and then you've got like 20 tinctures and like five creams and like, you know, all this lovely stuff that is really cool, but you don't know exactly like what you're doing with it or why you're choosing it. It's like, oh, reishi mushrooms good for me, you know, and then you don't, maybe it makes you actually anxious because it's an energizer, right? Um, and so when you work with someone, they're able to look at all of the pieces of your puzzle in a way that you, you can't because it's your puzzle, you know, the pieces are so close to your eyes. <laughs> and so they're able to see like, oh, this is the relationship that they have with their parents. This is their home dynamic. This is their work-life balance. These are the foods they normally do. This is the schedule they're in. This is like, you know, they can look at all of it and then they can put it together for you and be like, okay, maybe try Rishi for two months in late winter, because I know that you might be experiencing this thing, but actually for right now, you should be, you know, waking up a bit earlier, focusing on your morning routine to set up your day and like, just see how that feels. Um, so when you work with someone, yeah, they can see the whole picture, they can put it together for you. And then if you work with me, I explain it to you. Like, instead of just giving you a holistic map, we work through it together. You ask questions, you really start to like dig into it and then you can zoom out 
and see the whole picture too. And that's when it becomes really beautiful. And that's when the magic happens. Cause now you've got this framework, you have this understanding um, that you can step into. Yes. I explained that very well. I feel like I was like rambly tangent. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I'm, okay. I'm, <laughs> I thought it was perfect. Then I'll trust you. <laughs> yeah, no, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, especially like, as, as you were saying, just like we were talking about earlier when it, and when it came to like language and perspective and seasons, like it's all in the framing. And if yeah. we're like, so zoomed in on our reality that we can't see that bigger frame of like how to balance it all, uh, then that makes it, I think what you were saying just totally resonated um also being kind of in like the realm of like holistic approaches I just think that it's so powerful when when you have that person who who knows what they're looking at so that like you said you don't go through months and months of trial and error just to find out that like you could have done something that actually like really supported you in that moment when you needed it um yeah so vast it's like it reminds me of when people finally come to me after they've gone to like 20 different doctors specialists and they can't figure out why that one thing's happening. And I'm like, it's cause they're just looking like in a microscope at one piece of the story, you know? So it's so helpful to have someone look at all the pieces and then they can be like, oh, you should go to this specialist. Like if it's a really serious thing, that's what I'm able to do. I'm able to like reduce the, the options and curate it a little bit, you know? <laughs> Yes. Oh, I think that's so powerful. Um, I just like in my brain, my brain just keeps sitting on that, that zoomed out perspective of like mm-hmm. looking at all the different areas of your life. And and when you said, when you, we were talking about it earlier, when you, we were talking about what Ayurvedic Ayurveda includes, like how it includes kind of like the stress management it includes the, the sensor, the sensory, um, well, how did you term it? The five, five senses. senses healing. Yeah. yeah. The five senses healing. Um, what are some other areas that, that you look at with your clients that maybe someone coming into this world of holistic health and Ayurveda might be like, like what, we this like is contributing to all these things I'm experiencing. Are there any kind of like areas of, of life that you find people don't really think about when it comes to their health, but play a big impact in it? Oof. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad I'm talking to you about this in particular, because one that I find for people with like a feminine experience is their sexual health. So I reframed this question for folks. Cause like, I think my teacher, she's from like the seventies. And so it was just like, do you have any traumas? And I was like, that's hard. <laughs> so the way that I phrase it is like, in your sexual experience, do you have any past traumas? Do you know what pleasures you, do you feel discomfort around this? And so I open it up all the way to have the whole (laughs) vast experience of it, but um, maybe a little trigger warning, but if a lot of my clients, like more people than um, I even expected have some piece of trauma or maybe not like an intense trauma, but like a discomfort or an uneasiness and that sacral chakra imbalance really affects so many pieces of like what's going on in their life. Um, So I find that that one definitely impacts a lot and also loss, like folks that are grieving, um, even if it's happened like many, many years ago, if that grief goes like unprocessed, it shows up in a lot of the organ systems and a lot of like, they might come to me for, you know, indigestion. But as I'm looking at their diet and I'm looking at the routine, I'm like, you're pretty set. And so I'm kind of like a detective in this work as I ask questions, like a very sensitive detective. <laughs> and as we get into some other more open questions, that's when things start to unearth a little bit. So I often find that emotional imbalance shows up very physically in the body and in ways that people don't often expect. And so just as we're like, you know, month eight or nine in COVID and you're listening, if you have something like that, I really encourage you to talk to somebody. A lot of my clients come and they're like, oh, I'm cool with it though. I never really talked to anybody, but it's fine. And then I see down the road, like these physical ailments that come up. So 
Yeah, that's one that people often don't, you know, they're like, oh, I know it's connected, but then they don't see the literal ways that it can be connected to like your stomach or your pancreas or your small intestine, you know? <laughs> like, It's amazing how our bodies process and operate and like how our physical body and our emotional body and our energetic body all are so interlinked that when there's an imbalance in one, it manifests in the other. And and through healing one, you can heal something from another. It's just, it blows my mind because it's not always something that like growing up in school, they, they don't usually talk about like, how is your emotional body like manifesting things in your physical? Like, it's not always a, depending on the the household you grew up, grew up in, it's not always like a very common conversation. And it's just mind blowing because it's so prevalent in its reality. Once we start diving into it and seeing it in our own life, which is so beautiful and yeah. so magical to connect those dots yeah. and it's like stepping into your your somatic body and being able to listen to it so I might be able to guide you through that in terms of like what to look for but then the magic happens when you when you step into your agency and when you're like oh I can feel that I can see that maybe I need to like go to a dance therapist. Maybe I need to go to a talk therapist. Maybe I need a really intense journaling practice. Like then you start to figure out like what your body needs to heal because you're able to see it and you're supporting the foundation through Ayurvedic and seasonal practices. And then it's like, I always, you know, I, I'm not the, um, type of practitioner that wants you to constantly be coming back to me. I want to like teach it to you through a year process and then like kind of like send you off into the next stage. And a lot of times that looks like therapy, like therapy couples so well with Ayurveda because I'm able to help you set up your foundations and feel really solid and secure and understand all of the like the external aspects of your life and how the internal ones are showing up in those external and then you're able to like okay let me do this like deeper work um and go into like my spiritual being and like (laughs) see what's going on here you know yes oh I love that It, it it helps you not only like find that trust in your body, but, but like, yeah. like the word that's been coming up so much is that agency of knowing, okay, what do I then need? Um, yeah. That's one of the reasons I love cyclical living for individuals who are um, maybe experiencing some deeper, deeper wounds or deeper trauma when it comes to their period, or maybe they have um, something that hasn't been diagnosed yet is because you kind of get this agency through it so that you then know what your next steps are for healing. It's not, it's not like a guessing game of like, Oh, like I have no idea what's happening in my body. Like you, you, you know where to go next. Like, you know what you need to do to actually have that deep, deep healing. And you know, what needs to be deeply healed? Like what, what's those deeper underlying things. And do you find that with Ayurveda too, where, um, things that people might first assume are, are, are big health issues. Kind of once you start working with the rhythm of the seasons in Ayurveda, just get healed in themselves and then deeper rooted issues show their face. Have you seen that in Ayurveda as well? Oh yeah. Yeah. All, <laughs> of, the time. All of the time. So like my number one thing <laughs> is IBS. It's like this catch all disease that doctors offer to people when they don't really know what to do. And so I have a lot of people who come to me with that either diagnosed or misdiagnosed or whatever. And we just start doing the Ayurveda foundations with food and they're like, oh my God, (laughs) it's gone. I was able to eat all meals. I didn't have to rush to the bathroom. I'm not puking anymore. And I'm like, oh my God, woo. And then once that layer is like shifted for them, then we can start getting a little deeper and a little deeper and looking at, okay, now what are the other areas that might be attributing to this? Um, there's so many, our, di- our digestion takes on so many emotions. It has so much beautiful transformation. Like if you haven't studied the digestive system, I highly recommend it. Cause it's like a miracle that happens every time you eat, <laughs> but like so much of our inner world shows up in our digestion. And so if you're having IBS or if you're really lethargic because you're not absorbing nutrients, like all of this relates to what's going on in your like emotional well-being as well. And so like we can 
mitigate the intense symptoms with like a little bit of diet and routine change. But then when you want the real actual lasting change, you have to look at your life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And look at it from that, that holistic frame. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Okay. There's I want to just like keep talking because I, I have so many directions I want to go in with you because I just think this is so fascinating. Um, but I also know that our time is up. So I want to ask you, so for all the people who are on this podcast and are feeling the same way as me, who are like, I need more info. Like this is the missing link in my life that needs to be filled for me to find this holistic balance. What do you have anything happening or coming up that people may be interested in or where can they find you? What are the best media? Is there anything you want to tell us about all those juicy things? (laughs) Absolutely. So I'm really pumped because I'm running my second seasonal wellness intensive and I'm partnering with um, Vitality. I'm the co-owner of Vitality and I'm kind of the steward of their virtual learning space. Um, And so that starts on January 6th um, and I'm kind of bringing people into it now. So if you're listening and you're like, okay, I really need this seasonal balance. I wanna understand it this way. I wanna learn this so that I can step into that agency. I highly recommend checking it out. Um, You can book a free health consult with me, uh, like a 20 minute to a half hour consult. We can look at what you're experiencing, what the missing pieces might be, and then if this intensive could be a good option for you. So I'll give both of those links to Lilia and you can check out what's all in the course and you can book a free consult with me if you want to just dive a little deeper in a more personal way. I love it. I love it. That sounds so exciting for everyone listening. Definitely go to the show notes. Definitely go check that out, especially like as we're entering this time of the season and as we're taking more agency over our health with COVID, this seems like the perfect opportunity to like really do that and and make 2021 a year where you feel you have agency over your health and your wellness and your happiness and, yeah. and your balance. I'm describing it as a seed to people. So this oh, intensive is a seed in multiple ways. So it's a seed for yourself that you can like actually plant these proactive care practices. You can see them bloom. You can feel the differences in each season, especially if you've got like big spring allergies or winter blues, but also part of this um, program, part of the proceeds of it are going to go to black and brown farmers in Philly. And so it's going to be a literal seed that will help with food accessibility. So definitely check it out. Be a seed for yourself. Be a seed for your community. (laughs) I love it. That's so beautiful and so perfect and so powerful. Okay. And if anybody wants to reach you, what is your best media of choice for people to contact you or go check out all all of your posts and all of that? Yeah, I'm I'm shifting. So go to my website, go to healinghaley.com and join my newsletter. It'll have like a pop-up when you first visit it, that'll prompt you to put in your email. Um, because social media has been so detrimental to my health that like, that used to be the best place is Instagram, but I'm shifting away from it because I find more pleasure in writing. I find more pleasure in blog writing. And so I'm going to be I've always poured into my newsletters, but I'm going to be pouring into them even more. And so that'll be the best place to find me. I love it. I've been, I've been receiving your newest newsletters and they're amazing. I love reading them when they come yeah. in. <laughs> I love yeah. them. All my like musings, all my new discoveries, little Ayurvedic pieces of advice. Um, and then if I'm offering anything, that'll be there too. But I really like to use them as like just a form of communicating like exciting new discoveries and like research. So if you want to just learn more about Ayurveda, definitely sign up for the newsletter because that's where all that juicy info will be. Perfect. Awesome. Okay. And for everyone listening, you can find that in the show notes. So definitely check out the show notes um, before you end listening to this podcast episode. Haley, do you have any last words that you would like to share with our listeners today before we, before we hop off and conclude this beautiful hour together? Mm, any last words? Well, thank you for having me here, first of all. And also, like, I just encourage you all to be a seed for yourself and to step into your agency, take a breath. <laughs> Holistic health can be overwhelming. And so 
trust what your body's telling you, trust what you're feeling and know that there's a lot of wisdom there. So beautiful. So beautiful. Thank you, Haley, so much for being here with us today. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, sharing your experience, sharing these beautiful new turns and paths in your business and in the direction it's going to growing into right now, which is so powerful. And I'm like speechless, just watching your experience and your business grow. It's just, it's so inspiring to watch. And I can't wait for all of our listeners to also jump onto your newsletter and see that expansion and, and, and really get inspired by how you're taking that agency back with Ayurveda also and, and bringing it back to its roots, which is so powerful. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you to all of our amazing listeners. I hope that this episode inspired you in taking agency over your wellness and over your life and inspired you to dive more into Ayurveda and dive into Haley's beautiful offerings. And I can't wait to see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you for spending your time with us today. This podcast truly lights me up and I hope that it lit up your day with some inspiration too. If you are loving this episode, I invite you to head over to the show notes and sign up for my emailing list. Not only will you get a free cycle tracking guide, which is amazing and completely life-changing by the way, (laughs) but you will also get a new podcast episode delivered directly to your inbox every week so you don't miss any of the magic. I want to hear from you too. So what topics would you like us to cover this season? And what are you super excited about? This podcast is really about you and inspiring and empowering you in your life. So I want to know what you want to hear. I would love for you to come visit me over on my Instagram at Lilia, L-I-L-I-A underscore Gestin, G-E-S-T-S-O-N. And on my website, liliagestin.com. Let's connect and get to know each other. I'm sending you so much love in your day and I will see you on our next episode.